Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a TVO podcast. Just a content warning that this episode will contain discussions about sexual assault. Welcome to On Docs, a podcast about documentaries and the stories they tell. I'm Colin Ellis. And I'm Nam Kiwanuka. Today we're talking about We Need to Talk About Cosby, the Showtime documentary that looks at the rise and fall of one of America's most influential comedians. Do not edit this. A lot of people knew. Because you can't do what he did unless you have other people supporting what you're doing. Spanish fly, the girl would drink it and hello, America. Bill Cosby had been one of my heroes. I'm a black man, stand-up comic. I was born in the 70s. But this... More trouble for Bill Cosby. The accusations just keep coming in. This was complicated. How do we talk about Bill Cosby? Uh-uh. It's complex, Kamal, you know? We need to talk about Cosby. This is a four-part docuseries from comedian W. Kamal Bell. Basically tries to unpack... Bill Cosby's very complicated legacy. We see his rise as a stand-up comedian and TV star in the 1960s. Then we see him kind of transition to this role as an educator in the 1970s. And then he has this massive success with The Cosby Show in the 80s. And then he becomes more of a philanthropist type in the 1990s and 2000s. But of course, the series then has to kind of grapple with the sexual assault allegations and then his conviction, which just obliterated his legacy. And uh, Nam. Mm-hmm. Very difficult series, I think, to sit through for me, at least. What did you think? Yeah, it was. It was really hard. And um, I grew up watching uh, so many of the, the different projects that Bill Cosby was worked on. Fat Albert, uh, obviously watched The Cosby Show, loved A Different World. Like, that was my show. Lisa Bonet was on my wall. And when I was watching it, I didn't realize, like, throughout his career, he kind of left, like, little breadcrumbs to, you know, as to what he was doing, engaging in. Do you remember what his job was on the show? He was a pediatrician. He was an OBGYN. Oh, that's right, he delivered babies. Oh my God. You could have been a dentist for crying out loud. These women over and over, different age groups through the decades that he was doing this, they all had the same uh, reaction to what he did to them, right? They blamed themselves. They thought that they did something wrong and they were embarrassed about how they behaved. No one likes being a victim. You know, this person destroyed some of their lives at like at the pinnacle. Like there was one woman who had um, was grieving with the loss of her child. Her child had drowned. It took advantage of that. And trying to navigate that as a person And he didn't see them as a person. He just saw them as this thing that he used. And when he was done using it, he threw her out like she was garbage. And then this woman sat with that pain and internalized it and was blaming herself. Yeah, there's a lot there I want to kind of address because we're going to we're going to talk about the sexual assault allegations. But I kind of want to go back a ways because, I mean, I think what this I think series tries to do is really wrestle with sexual assault allegations and conviction, of course, 
And also, you know, the, his his stature is one of America's greatest comics. And I want to kind of go back to the beginning a little bit and talk about what our relationship with Bill Cosby was. Because I, I think every, not everyone, but certainly a lot of people have have some connection with Cosby. I don't think it's it's unavoidable. I think, especially if you were like a elder millennial like me, uh, you know, growing up watching the Cosby Show or Picture Page. You know, you all you saw Bill Cosby as like this kind of father figure. And he even kind of reminds me of my dad in a lot of ways. You know, they're both silly black guys who uh, have like great connections with children. My dad was, you know, a mentor to a lot of children. So was, I think, Bill Cosby. Um, of course, he never did anything as heinous as Bill Cosby did. But, you know, I, I really was, you know, I always thought of Bill Cosby as like a father. I think that's a cliche about him, but that's that's how I felt about him. And I wondered if you felt a similar, I guess, connection to him when you were growing up. Yeah, I definitely did. And I think it's interesting you said that because watching the documentary, you see that this is something that he wanted people to uh, see him as. They wanted us yeah. to, he wanted us to see him as this person that you could trust, a father figure. And there is no doubt that he made leaps and bounds in education. Bill Cosby was able to talk about a lot of things we're talking about now, 30, 40 years ago. And he was able to do it in a way where people actually stopped and listened, right? One of the things that I didn't realize that he did uh, was when he was like the main star, they used to have for um, the stunt men, stunt women, he used to have, um, what are they called? Doubles? What do you stunt call double. them? Yeah, stunt, stunt double. Yeah, stunt double. There you go. Yeah. And um, he used to have a white stunt double and the person was painted in black paint, which is so horrendously racist and offensive. And Bill Cosby advocated for a, a black person to be his stunt double. And just by that one action, he was able to change so many things behind the scenes on a television and a movie set that we would might not think about now or might not have thought about then, but it was huge. It was a huge impact in the industry and it gave um, voices to a lot of the people who worked in that industry. So yeah, I watched him as, I didn't have a Cosby dad. I had the Cosby dad maybe of today, <laughs> but back <laughs> then the Cosby dad that I watched, that's the dad that I wanted. And I learned so much about black culture from watching the Cosby show. Fat Albert, the cartoon was like, we would wake up early and watch it. It was just goofy. These uh, black kids uh, causing mischief and hanging out and just laughing. And it was something that just, you felt kind of seen in a way. So yeah, he was a huge force. Uh, I don't know. And it wasn't just black people. A lot of white people related to him. A lot of people, uh, white people watched the Cosby show. In fact, the Cosby show was the reason that NBC became the number one watched channel. At yeah, the it was time. TV. Yeah. yeah. Before they were number three in the Cosby show, you know, they jumped to number one. And that was because all of America was watching this show and they they made records. That show broke records that haven't been broken today. Yeah. So a huge part for everybody. Yeah, I think, you know, wrestling with just how important he was 
not just to African-American culture, but to American culture, because really African-American culture, we're talking about American culture, right? But the fact that well, you mentioned Fat Albert, but the fact that the characters were drawn to look black, it wasn't just like they painted a black, fi- <laughs> a white cartoon black. They, they, they made them have, you know, uh, black think, features, uh, black features. Exactly. Um, when I was listening to some of the comedy bits that they were playing, though, that was the thing that struck me as being the thing that, that probably I had the hardest time dealing with because, first of all, I never really liked his stand-up. Like, the stuff that I've heard him do, I was never like, oh, this is hilarious. Um, but what also made it jarring to hear now, and again, this is just a sampling of what uh, he did, but, you know, he would do jokes that involved uh, the Spanish fly, which they explained was this, you know, drug that you could give to women and, you know, it turns out that's what he was doing, but he made it, he was so open about it. Even in and the Cosby the show, show. The barbecue sauce? The barbecue say? sauce. Oh my God. He he has a scene in the Cosby show where he talks to his wife, uh, Claire Huxtable, about his barbecue sauce and how it makes people more amorous. And I'm like going, oh my God. Haven't you ever noticed after people have some of my barbecue sauce, after a while when it kicks in, they get all huggy buggy? Stop. I'm dead serious. (laughs) Haven't you ever noticed that after one of my barbecues and they have the sauce, people want to get right home? And it was a scene, Colin, it was a scene with children. I know. Rudy, what was this guy, the little boy? Oh, Bud. Bud, my favorite. I love Bud. (laughs) Bud Bud is like looking at Rudy like, oh, you know, I'm like, this is so highly inappropriate. You know, but it wasn't like there was a lot of people who signed off on that. Right. Did they think maybe that (laughs) like even on the comedy, the one comedy album, he was talking about uh, uh, uppers and downers on a comedy album that was supposed to be like a family comedy album. Right. Which is what I, you know, earlier when I said is like he left these little crumbs here and there for people to, you know, I don't know. Maybe people just didn't. Maybe the sign of the times. I don't know. But if you're talking about barbecue sauce in front of the children, that makes you go, ooh. Yeah. I don't well, know. I, it, was, it was icky. And actually, I want to go back to the sexual allegations because I think what, one thing the series does pretty well is it doesn't leave that to. It's a four part series. It doesn't leave it to the end. It's in the first episode. And what they do is they show, you know, his again, his rise from kind of being a, a stand up to doing. Uh, uh, I spy in the 1960s, but interwoven in that is a woman coming, you know, talking about her experience being raped by Bill Cosby. And it's early as the thing as the mid 1960s. And, you know, they, they do that for each era, you know, like when they're, when they're talking about his, his uh, films in the seventies and his time uh, doing his educational stuff in the seventies, there's again, another woman who comes forward and, and not all of them were uh, necessarily, I think one woman who was, who was interviewed, I don't think she was actually raped by him, but she was assaulted like at, on the Cosby show. In fact, mm-hmm. um, one thing I, I, I want to ask you though, is part of the reason I think, you know, we're even talking about this has a lot to do with, and I, I don't know if the film, the series is saying this, but I, I think this is probably, probably the case is there was a stand up routine that Hannibal Burris, who's a stand up comic did in about 2014 and it, someone uploaded it to YouTube. And basically in the stand-up, he's essentially saying, like, Bill Cosby, you know, he's supposed to be this upstanding individual. Uh, not true. Go Google rape, Bill Cosby raped someone, and you'll find, like, you know, what happened. Basically, he was in, I guess, uh, the mid-aughts, uh, part of a, a lawsuit. And uh, he had to admit that he was 
that he raped a woman. I'm like, Bill Cosby, there's a lot of rape allegations. No, you them. That shit is upsetting. If you didn't know about it, trust me. You leave here, Google Bill Cosby rape. And that's that's basically how this this whole thing started. I mean, Hannibal Burris kind of got the ball rolling. I mean, I don't know if it's maybe if it's too much giving him too much credit to say that he did, but I do feel like a lot of the, like I don't know if we would be having this conversation if that didn't if that video wasn't uploaded. I don't know. What did you I think? I think of that? you give him the credit because um, Bill Cosby in comedy is like the goat, right? One of the goats. And as a young comedian, for him to say something like that about Bill Cosby took a lot of courage. Maybe he didn't think, I, I think in the documentary, he even says he didn't think it was a big deal because he thought everybody knew, right? Um, and I guess maybe it's the timing, it's the, uh, maybe because Bill Cosby was getting on people's nerves about other things that maybe people weren't willing to just kind of dismiss it. But I just want to go back to the documentary. One of the things I actually didn't like about the documentary, maybe this is tied into Hannibal Burris in a way. There were so many stories, you know, it was really hard to listen to the stories over and over of what he did to these women. And again, obviously it's harder to go through that than to listen to it. Um, but I don't know if they needed to hear all those stories because it kind of felt like they needed to have as much evidence present in order for us to believe that he did it, it kind of felt like, uh, you know, some kind of trauma porn, right? There was one woman who refused to talk about what happened to her. She said, I'm not going to talk about what happened to me. Yeah, talk around it. She talked around it, but you got the gist of what he did, right? Um, there was another um, actor who appeared on the show after he drugged and raped her. And watching the scenes and the interactions and the way he berated her, it just kind of felt as if, I don't know if it was necessary to have these women retell their most awful moment because we need to talk about Bill Cosby, right? We need to talk about him. And I wonder if we would have actually listened if it was just one person or two people, right? It felt, it felt like it, we needed to have all of these women, because when uh, when Hannibal Boris brought it up, I think it was uh, the deposition was from um, 2005, I think. Something around that time. Yeah. yeah. Mid aughts. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like you needed to have the numbers of women for you to say, oh, OK, yeah, he must have done it. But if it was like maybe two or three women, meh, it, yeah. their story. I mean, to this day, there's some people who still don't believe that he did this right I actually think I, I, I maybe I disagree a little bit. I think it was important to hear from them. And I actually really like that he gave them the space to tell the full story. And yeah, because like, I mean, there's but what one. Did you, what, what did you if the person had said he had assaulted me? Mm -hmm. What does it? I don't know. Maybe a part of me is like we expect so much from people who've been through horrible things. Mm -hmm. And. I don't know. And that I really appreciated that one woman saying, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, that's fine. And I think, you know, like me, but I, I think it was partly to show that, you know, first it was from a, a woman from, I think, every decade, I think. There, I think yeah. it was someone in the 60s, 70s. So and they were just to young. Give you, Did you notice they, how yeah. young they were, Colin? Some of them yeah. were 18 and 19. Yeah. And I don't know if we've talked about that enough. 
these were young women. Yeah, girls. If you yeah, girls, being, they, he was a being... lot older at the time, and I don't know if we've talked about that enough. Yeah. Well, no, I I don't know. I I guess I think it was. I thought he was respectful in his questioning, and I thought that they handled it very well. And I think I I, I was I was appreciating hearing their story and telling uh, what happened to them. And I think that I think the f- series does a good job of presenting it in a way that's not exploitative. I don't think that any of these women came across or would have come away not feeling as though uh, their their stories weren't respected, their experiences weren't respected. No, it's important to bear witness, right? It's yeah. important for us to bear witness, and it's important for people to be heard. Yeah, I I just felt uncomfortable after. No, that's the, fair. You know, it just felt like some kind of trauma porn and. I think one thing that maybe was the most uncomfortable was this is a film series called We Need to Talk About Bill Cosby or We Need to Talk About Cosby. Who is the we here? And I think what I think what Kamal Bell is doing is he's wanting to have a conversation, I think, with black people, because I think I think I've heard him say this in interviews as well, that, you know, Cosby still has his defenders and there are a lot of people who he we're not happy with him doing this series. He's talked about it in other interviews and a lot of them are black. And I think that part of the reason that maybe there's this discomfort with talking about it is because he's such an important figure to uh, African-Americans, not just African-Americans, but, but I think this is Kamal Bell's contention, which is that, you know, he is such an important figure that, you know, knocking him down, you know, a peg is not like we don't they're not they don't want they're not here for that they don't want to see him a, a black man taken down and you know a lot of people were saying well it's all these white women who are coming forward and there's obviously there's a complicated legacy there it's obviously not all black women or sorry all white women who were um accusing him of assault it was many black women actually but i don't know what did you think of that i wondered if that was because it was a little like oh this is a little interesting <laughs> um i get what um kamal was saying um I always kind of try to uh, bring it back that the black community is not a monolith and um, black Americans, maybe it's different for them. You know, we're here in Canada kind of watching it from uh, a different lens. I don't think you can deny the impact that Bill Cosby had in the representation conversation back then, right? Yeah. Uh, he was able to get into places where he was the only, he was the first and he was the only in a lot of situations, right? With historically black college and, colleges and uni, uh, universities, he did um, give a lot of money to them. In the Cosby show, he showcased a lot of black art, black artists, musicians, the fact that he was able, him and um, Claire Huxtable had a story that kind of pushed on the narrative of what Black Americans were. These were professionals. He was a doctor. She was a lawyer. They lived in this beautiful townhouse. The narrative at the uh, in the 80s at the time, Black people were crack addicts and broken homes, et cetera. That is super important, yeah. right? Yes, it was just a TV show, but it was a TV show where everybody could get together and watch it on television, the number one show, it pushed against that really harmful narrative of what the media was portraying Black communities as. Super important. So I understand I understand that push and that, but I don't think it has to be either or. He did all those great things. The Cosby show was able to like uh, plant all these differences. Like I wanted to go to an HBCU 
from Canada. And before I went to university, um, my last year of high school, we went down to Georgia, saw some schools, could not afford it. <laughs> so did not end up going, but he, he planted all these different seeds in people's minds, creativity. Like you can't deny all that. Yeah. He also did these things. I don't think it has to be either or. And, but again, maybe I'm being naive. There's a bit of naivete in me saying that because we still live in a world where when you're black, you have to be exceptional. You have to be exceptional. You have to be flawless. You have mm-hmm. to be joyful. You're not allowed to be complicated. You're not allowed to uh, be evil. You're not allowed to be great. Like you have to be either or. And then you're representing a community, even though black community is not a monolith, but we don't see, we still live in a world where, you know, that black person represents all the black people. Right. And that is something that I think we need to talk a bit more. And I think Bill Cosby for the time that he, the changes that he made at those times was super important and it helped a lot of people like yourself and, and me to get to a point where we are. We also have for the next generation, we also have to talk about how people are complicated. Black people don't need to just be exceptional and perfect and amazing. That's not human. We're human. And we also need to talk about like, why was he the way he was? How many people knew about what he was doing? Because a lot of people knew, right? What was his uh, wife's role in this? Like, there are so many other tangents, so many other threads that we haven't spoken about because this black man was supposed to just be exceptional, and because he's now um, has this <laughs> legacy, that means that no other black people are going to get a chance to do what he did. That's not fair. I think we need to talk more about this stuff. We need to. Yeah. I don't. It's interesting how there's still so much shame and stigma around it. But people who do bad things need to be held accountable. It doesn't matter if they're your favorite comedian or favorite artist or favorite actor, or if there's someone in your family. You don't often learn that your hero's the worst sorts of villain. This is just a sad day in the history of Black culture. It was just like, no, not Bill Cosby. It's tough being a sister saying, Even though know it scares me, you know now. I feel like I have to have this discussion. It's not just on television. We thought we knew Cosby. We never knew Cosby. And that's the podcast. You can catch We Need to Talk About Cosby on Crave. While you're here, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about us. It helps new listeners to find the show. You can follow me on Twitter at at ColinEllis81. And you can follow me at Namshine, all one word. Thanks to producer and editor Matthew O'Mara. Senior producer Katie O'Connor, production support coordinators Nikki Ashworth and Jonathan Hollowell, and executive producer Laurie Few. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next screening. <laughs>